1: You're listening to AI in Action. I'm your host, JP Valentine. Our guest today is Elliot Branson. Elliot is the Director of Machine Learning and Engineering at Scale AI. Elliot, welcome to the show.
2: Hi, thank you so much for, for having me on today. I really appreciate it.
1: Oh, it's our pleasure. So, Elliot, let's start with yourself. Can you give us a brief background of your journey in technology? Where you got started, some of the roles you held along the way, and take us up to just before you
2: joined Scale. Yeah, of course. So I got started working with kind of AI and, and computer vision specifically back in high school, doing robotics competitions. Really enjoyed kind of building things. Really liked the idea of building something that combined working with computers, which I love playing games on and playing around with, and something that actually moved and interacted with the world and things that were going on. So. Got started doing things like FIRST Robotics Competition, bot Ball, different things like that. And naturally took that into working with math and uh, computer vision in college and then undergrad school. Through that process, got a lot of fun experiences building robotic boats that drove around on lakes. Got to build some platforms that drove around on top of frozen ponds in the winter, which was always fun. And did work for kind of the Air Force and the Department of Defense. And that kind of culminated with a big project that we were doing at Google on Project Tango, which you might remember is a, a, one of the early smartphone-based AR, VR platforms. And so I was doing a lot of things about how do you get computer vision and bits of deep learning to operate in real time on these like really constrained, embedded environments. And then after that, when I got done with college, got done with grad school, went on to Cruise Automation. So I was the sixth employee in the company and actually got brought in to do a lot of the perception and AI with crews. So kind of early on, take a bunch of cameras, take a bunch of sensors, figure out where they should go on the vehicle, figure out how to do mapping, how to do localization, how to figure out what objects are on the car, to figure out what they're doing and what they're trying to do all the way through to like predicting the intent of them. And so I spent about four and a half, a little over four and a half years there doing that and helping grow out the team from myself up to about 200, 250 people when I left. Thank you
1: for that, Elliot. Really appreciate you sharing your your background. And what's great to hear is where you started with initial interest in technology led to some actual roles. And you've been following on that path since then, which leads nicely into Scale AI. So tell us all about Scale, who who you are as a business, what the mission of the organization is, and then we can jump into your role as the, the Director of Machine Learning
2: and Engineering. Yeah, happy to talk a little bit about some of the stuff we're doing. So the the main goal of scale is to be the platform for AI. So we want to be a place where kind of no matter what type of AI you're doing, no matter where in your AI readiness or AI maturity journey you are, you can come to scale and find really engaging things. And so that means that if you're a really advanced researcher, if you're working with places like OpenAI or DeepMind um, or FAIR, these type of really advanced technical projects, you're coming to scale and scale is like the world's best data annotation platform. We have amazing groups of people. We have the ability to to work with these different interfaces and deliver really high quality data on these really tight SLAs whenever you need it. And and have that entire platform be super customizable to, to the problem that you're trying to do. Maybe you're a company that is like an early AI startup or a team of two or three AI engineers. And so for you, you're coming to scale, and scale probably a lot more of a ML infrastructure platform where we can help you build training compute clusters, where we can help you um, with things like Nucleus to understand your data set and understand what you should be labeling, what you should be labeling, and how you interact with it and track it over time, and also a great data annotation platform. Or maybe you're a company that doesn't have an AI team, where right? you're a company that has these problems and you're trying to get stuff done and you think or know that AI would help you, but don't have the people internally to do it. And for that, we're we can be an end-to-end solution provider. I think a really great example of that is our scaled document product, where we can build the abstraction so that on day one, you have a model that processes documents that really achieves great performance. But over time, the system learns exactly what data types you're processing, exactly what documents you're trying to work with, and automatically pulls out the data that it's low confidence on has the data get annotated, goes back and retrains the models on that data and redeploys it. And so for you, you just have an API that just every day it's getting a little bit better and a little bit better at doing the thing that you care the most about.
1: So you've touched on quite a few things there that the scale AI are, are working on helping customers with. A lot of it is really cool uses of machine mm-hmm. learning. And, and as the director of, of, of ML, I, I want to help visualize what it's like to be part of the team day to day, the types of projects you and your group are working on and, and help give some insight into what it's like to be part
2: of the scale team. Yeah, I think the way I phrase it with a lot of candidates is like scale's a place because of all the amazing people we get to work with we, from super large businesses like Fortune 1000s that are trying to do these really complicated outcomes to really advanced R&D teams like kind of the open AIs deep mind people like that in the world to like everyone in the middle where it's the place where you get exposed to the first 20% of the entire world's ML problems. So you can have ML engineers that start out and are helping optimize language models for document translation or document parsing and also doing work on 3D semantic segmentation, panoptic segmentation models, like temporal data models, as well as even doing things like reinforcement learning around how does data flow through our pipeline. If I have if I have a piece of data and I'm trying to get the highest quality possible, who should work on that data? How should they work on it? What should I do next? And, and there's just a really huge variety in it, and a lot of different things. And so it's a place where RML engineers get to learn really quickly and get to work on just this like wonderful variety of different problems on a day-to-day basis.
1: Ellie, even in the time that you've been with SCALE, there's been some incredible growth and and you guys are really riding the wave of increased demand for this type of service. What do you think is driving that? And and can you give us some insight into what it's been like over the past two years from when you first joined to the current makeup of the
2: team? Yeah. So when I first joined, the, the team was really focused on the data annotation piece, which was the right call to start off with at the beginning because any platform that wants to claim to be the platform for AI, like the ability to ask a human a question and get really high quality and and quality that you can count and depend on is a foundational building block of of a platform like that. And so the team was really focused on that. Really great engagement within the the self-driven car community, really great engagement with like really advanced research teams, like continuing to grow out our engagement with kind of large tech companies and the fan of the world. And so they were looking to say like, all right, we have this foundation, what's the next step? How do we start building out more pieces of the platform? How do we start building things like Nucleus or dataset management platform? How do we start building things like mapping, which is our kind of end-to-end mapping solution that can scale from self-driving cars all the way up to Google map style size problems for people and have it be really customizable, and then start to compose those different building blocks together. So I think it's really, I love the document product. I really love working with it because it's actually a product that's built out of two or three building blocks from within our company. And it's a really cool idea that you can, you can have this idea and you can build from things internally and then be able to build this entirely new product composed out of these pieces from internally.
0: You are listening to The Oldest Podcast. When you're looking to scale your team, or if you are interested in showcasing your company in a future episode, reach out today. Or if you're in the market for a new role, visit our website to view open positions, www.aldis.com.
1: Part of the reason why scale is experiencing such such phenomenal growth and success is due to the complexity of the problems that you're solving. And we're all well aware of the, the high failure rate of data science and related uh, projects across companies. As an organization who is solving these problems on a daily, weekly basis, what would be the main reasons that you see why organizations struggle to make these implementations on their own is it connected to transitioning the academic understanding of machine learning and AI into industry or or is it something else or is it a combination of a few things
2: yeah I think it's a I think it's a combination of a few things and that's a good point like on one hand there is like just people really needing to build their ML teams and run their ML teams in a a culture that's like really pushing for high experimentation. Like I think everyone listening can probably empathize getting a problem from someone that says, hey, achieve perfect object detection on this class or achieve like a 99% F1. And sitting there and thinking like, I have no idea if that's even possible or not. And so there there needs to be a culture when you're leading and running and, and working with ML teams to really embrace that iteration and say, all right, this is the, state of the world right now, this is the big goal that we want to achieve. Let's figure out a way to ask as many questions as we possibly can so that we can move towards that goal as quickly as possible. But it's really demoralizing to go tell an ML engineer, like, your goal is 99% F1. And then just every two days, come back to them and be like, did, did you hit the 99%? Okay, what are you going to do next? And just that have that be the only refrain that they hear. And then I think the second piece, which is around like kind of difference between production ML versus academia ML. like academia ML is really focused on here's this problem that achieved the most novel result. How do I achieve the best outcome for this problem I possibly can? And they view shipping that model as the end artifact or achieving that result as the end artifact. Whereas production ML, like very rarely is the problem you're solving static. Very rarely is the problem not evolving with the world as more people use it and interact with it. And I think that's something that actually makes production ML really fun because you're not targeting problems that are static in time, you're targeting problems that are continuously evolving, and continuously changing and, and having new things pop up. And so you need to be thinking about not just the machine learning model that you're building. You need to be thinking about the entire system that the model is going to run inside of. And so like, all right, how do I make it so that it doesn't require me, the ML engineer, to go trigger a new retraining job every Friday when new data comes in so that we can deploy a new model on Monday? How do I make it so that I I actually know how the model's is performing day to day? I can track that and be able to easily flag and understand when the model stops performing well. And that type of infrastructure is really different.
1: I think you may have an, already answered the question I'm about to ask, but is that how at scale you guys are able to overcome uh, some of the, the main barriers to entry on AI and ML, or
2: is that something else? Well, I think one piece is that we're focusing on building the, the platform. So we're focusing on building the the system so that it's easy. So that way, every single AI startup doesn't have to go build their own continuous training pipeline where they can come find great continuous training pipelines that are easy to use. And so everything that we're selling publicly, our ML engineers internally use. We actually really view our own ML team and our ML infra and, and the people that work around them as like a great way to dog food, new product ideas, figure out what's the things that are working well, figure out what we should be productionizing next.
1: Perfect segue into the team. So can you give us some insight into the the environment, the types of people that you've brought in, the various backgrounds and what you look for as a leader of the group when you're bringing
2: in new talent? So the the first thing I really always look for is people that are excited to own problems, kind of people that aren't excited about, just shipping a model, but excited about shipping that model and then seeing people use it and then iterating based on what those people are doing. The other kind of maybe counterintuitive thing is looking for people that are just as excited to ship non-ML things as ML things. Like a lot of the problems that people get asked to build as ML models are also just as easy to build as non-ML models. And it's really important that your ML engineers are okay with that and not just trying to push a specific technology because that's what they want to work on, but are actually trying to build the thing that's fastest and best and going to work for the outcome that is most likely to happen. And then the second thing is we bring in people with just a huge variety of experience. We bring in people with like RL experience from PhD and master's programs. We bring in people that have been working as applied ML engineers and industry for a really long time. And so I don't think there's kind of one specific profile. We're trying to create a team with a lot of diversity in experiences with a lot of diversity and like where they went to school and what trainings they did and what they're focusing on. And so that way everyone always has someone that they can learn from and and they're always learning something new.
1: When you're speaking to potential future employees, candidates who are interviewing at scale, obviously the, the type of people that you're hiring are very short supply, very high demand, and a lot of great organizations are, are also trying to hire these people. What do you tell prospective candidates about scale that gets them excited and interested about this opportunity over some of
2: the others that are out there? Well, I think it goes back to one of the answers about like our customer base. Like it's really exciting for people to hear that they can come work at scale and work on the first like 20% of everyone's problem. Like that they're not going to get pigeonholed. I think that something I've seen happen to a lot of ML engineers at other companies is they come in, they get assigned a, a problem area to work in, and the expectation is that's where they're going to work for a really long time. They're just going to become the world's leading expert in how do you detect traffic lights with a camera for a self-driving car, which can that can be great if that's what you're really passionate about solving. But a lot of people get into ML because they like solving a lot of different problems and they want a lot of different exposure and like the ML industry is moving really quickly. And so having the kind of freedom and flexibility to to move between different projects and solve one really well, and then solve something entirely different the next month is is really exciting for people.
1: You've talked about what's exciting and I wanna stay on this and it leads nicely into my next question. When you look at the journey that Scale have been on so far, and then you look at what's ahead. What are you most excited about for the future of scale, your team, and the work that
2: you guys are doing? I think the the thing I'm most excited about is like, what is the next interesting customer problem that I never would have thought about? I love really going on customer calls and hearing the things that they're trying to solve and hearing how they're trying to solve it and, and starting to think about that and think about how we could use that. In other places or how that can be applied in, in different problem domains i think more, more specifically in terms of like products and technologies i'm really excited about some of the stuff that the nucleus team is, is working on around like model understanding data understanding and being able to turn that into things like model cicd and being able to really streamline and optimize like the process from i think i have this really cool model to i know i have this really cool model and here it is getting pretty rolled out in production.
1: Final question, Elliot, with all of the, the growth ahead for scale and the, the customer base growing all the time, what opportunities are there going to be for engineers and, and ML engineers to come and join? Uh, can you give us some insight into
2: what the growth would look like over the next year? Yeah, so I think over, over the previous year, we've about doubled our machine learning team just due to the amount of problems that we're trying to take on, And so we have a lot of people that have come into scale, been with the company a year or two, and then are starting to take on leadership roles within their own three or four person teams and really staking out these like problem areas and being able to have a group of people that they're working with help solve those problem areas. And so we're always looking for people to come in and either like really smart new grads or people just entering machine learning to come in and work with us and, and learn a lot on the different problems we're solving as well as looking for really senior people who have prior experience working in an in industry who can help come in and be mentors and, and be leaders for not only how scale thinks about machine learning, but transitively how scale helps like everyone think about machine learning.
1: Elliot, thank you so much for coming on today. I really appreciate you talking to us given some insight into your own journey, which has led you to where you are today, but more importantly, what you're doing at scale. It sounds incredibly interesting. And for anyone who's who enjoys working in in computer vision, NLP, and all things machine learning, it sounds like you guys are a fun place to be. So uh, we wish you, the team, and everyone at Scale AI the best of luck in the months and years ahead.
2: Thank you so much for, for having me on. It was fun to talk about everything we're, we're working on.